it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. We're on the road today covering the uh, Georgia election fraud case, so we're not in the studio. But we had a disappointing uh, result yesterday in Judge Amaro's courtroom. It's obvious Georgia has major problems with election fraud. Uh, one man has decided to do something about it in Georgia. YG, YG Nightstorm has uh, got a colorful background, but he's also running for Congress in the 7th District. Welcome, YG. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. And yeah, it was... Uh... Quite uh, interesting what happened yesterday in court. Uh, but I will say, uh, I think I got a lot out of it as well on seeing what direction uh, this is going in. But yeah, let, let's get into this. Let's get this work because the people need to hear what's going on, man. Yeah. So first, tell us about YG Nightstorm. I bet there's people listening that don't know who you are. So uh, give us a 30,000 foot overview. Okay. All right. Really, really quickly, I give you the Cliff Notes version of it. Okay. Um, all right, now I'm from Atlanta, went to Latonia High School, the very first drum major of the marching band out there. Okay. But, like, but like many others, you know, uh, I was having issues with my mom at the time. I was 18 years old. And, you know, when you become 18 years old and you got children, I got seven adult children. Mm -hmm. You start mopping off and you start having issues and you want to start telling your parents what your opinion is and what you're going to do in their own house. And so my mother decided, okay, since you got all these opinions, then you can bounce and you can stuff. So mm. let's just say I found myself homeless and sleeping on the streets uh, mm. of Atlanta uh, with that broken relationship. Me and my mom are cool now. We finally fixed that. But yeah. at that time, uh, I was very, very lost and broken. And while I was out there on the streets, I had gave up on life. I had given up on who I was and given up on God. I was literally beat up, robbed of my socks and shoes and urinated on. Mm. And as I slept on the street and just laid on the street, ready to just give up the ghost and die, I prayed one last time. And I know people hear stories like this all the time, but I prayed. I said, Father, help me. I need help. If you are real, help me. Mm. And I laid there, and I kid you not, uh, uh, old school Rolls Royce pulls up next to me and is old white gentleman around 72 years old maybe all five foot three and nothing he walks around his big old rolls royce and he sees me laying on the street and he says young man are you okay i said no he said well young man are, are you all right i said no i'm not all right he said well i want to tell you something that you know we have a lot in common i understand your circumstance and i'm like how the hell you understand my circumstance one you you rich you white you drive a $500,000 Rolls Royce. I know exactly what kind of car that is. Even the tires cost about $30,000 to change. I know what kind of car that is. Uh, and how are you going to compare yourself to me? And he broke it down real simply. He said, suffering doesn't have a skin color. He mm. said, in the 50s, 
he was homeless and sleeping in front of Wrigley Field, had just been kicked out, just been robbed of his socks and his shoes, and a black man in a Studebaker, a Studebaker, no stopped, walked around and saw him, prayed over him, saw that he had no socks on, took off his socks, which were a pair of Argyle socks, put them on his feet, and said, God loved him and go make a difference. So fast forward this back to 1992 now. While I'm up here still going off on this man, he sits down next to me, takes off his shoes, and he has on a pair of Argyle socks. And I'm still going off on this man, you know, white people this, and, you know, this is that, and this is that. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he took the socks off, and he slid those Argyle socks on my feet, and I got quiet, and he prayed on me. He said, as soon as these socks cover your feet, God is going to cover your life. He loves you. Now go forth and make a difference. Got back in his car with no shoes on, Got in that Rolls Royce and drove off, and it changed my life. It reignited, for one, my faith in God, and also it opened my eyes to there is more to this country of America than just skin color, that there are people out there that actually care about folks that honestly don't care about something so simple like this where a piece of paper can cut it. Mm -hmm. And it brought my, my faith in God back, and it also ignited me a thirst and a hunger for the American dream. And it changed my life. Honestly, it did. And, and as I progressed and moved on, I've been able to raise seven children. I done went through hell and back and, and everything else, but traveled around the country, traveled around the world. I have seen the grace of God. And I am here to say that America, God loves you. And he loves this country. And right now in these dark days, he's calling for all of his children to come together and stand for him and stand for our country because we love each other. And this is what we need to do at this time. The time is now. So I mean, that was the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so uh, what made you decide to run for Congress? What, what drove that decision? Well, obviously, um, I am just like a lot of people. I am upset with my leadership. Uh -huh. I am upset with the fact that things have happened and no one is saying anything. No one is doing anything. And these folks looked at us in our eyes and said, we will stand for you. We will be your voice when you cannot speak. And we will protect these districts. We will protect the state of Georgia. We will protect this country. We will be that person to stand against any kind of corruption or malfeasance or anything. And when, see, because everybody was riding high when Trump was riding high, but then when I call it the kerfuffle, that's when I said it, the kerfuffle, when the kerfuffle happened, everybody started jumping ship. And after November mm -hmm. 2020, everybody all of a sudden is silent and ghost. And the people of Georgia are sick and tired of that. They're tired of politicians coming and talking. They need somebody to do something. And so I said, I'm sick of it. And I'm going to step up. If the leadership isn't going to do it, then maybe we need to remove the leadership and get some more people in there who are brave enough to say something went wrong and we are going to stand for our values and we're going to stand for freedom and we're going to stand for justice and we're going to stand for simply what's right. And let's do what's right. And to hell with everything else, let's just get the job done. Yeah. So I, I think one of the reasons they had to get rid of Trump is because a large percentage of the African-American community was coming his way. Do you see that uh, in Atlanta? Yeah, and that's, that's the, uh, the, the most opportune, uh, 
just the most wonderful thing I have to say because I've traveled around the country, sir, mm-hmm. and I've spoken to everybody, all kinds of folks. But one thing, especially with that first step act, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. because we all know, because, you know, just like white people, black people, we got long memories too. And mm-hmm. we remember what happened with that 1994 crime bill with Joe mm-hmm. Biden and the Clintons. We remember that, you know, the, the super predator comments. Mm-hmm. We remember that, even though the mainstream media like to try to forget this stuff, mm-hmm. we remember. And I specifically remember because I was in that age group where he said that folks my age that looked like me were predators and I could have been targeted. And I got many friends who were thrown in jail over stupid stuff, over yeah. over weed, over a little bit, and getting 20, 25 years. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Okay, this is this stuff impacts families. These are real issues, not talking points, but these yeah. are real things that hurt folks. And so moving forward, when that first step act came out. Because let's just say everybody in the 90s, in the early 2000s, loved Trump. All the rappers wanted to be him. He gave a bunch of money to Jesse Jackson. He gave a bunch of money to Al Sharpton. He gave money to Democrats and Republicans. And even the Clintons were at his wedding with Melania. If y'all don't believe me, Google it. Look it up. Clintons at Trump wedding. They were there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was there for everybody. But when he ran and when he said, I am going to energize the black community. The Democrats just went up. They just they're like, no, you can't do that because yeah. we control them. And and I say that's why most people are waking up. It's one thing to hear political rhetoric, but it's another thing to actually see your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad coming out of jail mm-hmm. off of being terribly, terribly arrested in the first place. It's another thing to see that the fact that your money, your salary is going up or you're able to start that business and become an entrepreneur and become independent. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to actually see these things happen. And black people are like every other American. We want to live the American dream, have safe schools, be able to have high property value and be able to start our own businesses like everybody else. And more people are waking up because Joe Biden's policies and the Democrat policies have honestly decimated my community for over 70 years. Well, tell us, uh, you have been pretty out in front uh, with Garland Favorito at Voter GA, who's been fighting this uh, voter integrity battle for a long time. But you stepped out and then called for a recall of Raffensburger. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I, had, I did. And you know something? This isn't personal because a lot of these mm-hmm. people, I know these folks. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it on the record. I do not hate Raffensburger. Mm-hmm. I do not hate him as a person. But what I am going to do, especially with my security background, I'm holding him accountable for lack of leadership. This has nothing to do with personal or anything. It is holding people accountable who are in these positions of leadership. And when these things happen, and I'm looking at the fact that, excuse me, the judge asked three questions. If you don't mind, I would like to read these yeah, three please. questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. With the attorneys who was pushing to dismiss this, mm-hmm. and they also had the Secretary of State's attorney on as well that the judge was talking to. Mm-hmm. But there were three particular questions that I find very interesting that the people are asking. And one was, are the machines subject to malware? Question one. Mm-hmm. Question two. Could bad actors have the ability to insert the counterfeit ballots into the machines? That's a deep question. Mm-hmm. And three. Could third parties with malintent have the ability to dilute 
the vote. Now, these are three very, very important questions, but the fact of the matter is there were no answers to these questions. And now we've gone on, we're on 10 months out yeah. from November. And are you trying to tell me after 10 months, you still need an additional 20 days to try to answer these questions because they asked for a state and they got it. Now, like I said, I work in the security industry, in corporate security, also in personal protection, bodyguarding, body, you know, protecting celebrities and athletes, people with <clears throat> excuse me, more money than sense who always get themselves in trouble, but also on the corporate side with billion-dollar properties. As me, as the head of security, and something happened that is affected 50 to, to 50, 45 to 50% of the employees in the company, like, like the citizens in, in the state or yeah. the country, if it affected almost 45 to 50% of all of your employees and they were hurt and they feel they have no confidence in this system, me as the head of security say, well, you know something? It's been 10 months and I still don't have anything for you. Yeah. I would be fired. In simple and plain. I, look, if I did not have a statement for the board within 10 hours of initial events, okay, I need to have that just so they can talk to their, their investors or whatever, everything else is going on. And then after those 10 days, you better have a report in 10 weeks to detail everything that you know that has happened and how you could have stopped this and how we can improve. And within 10 months, you've already pretty much put your plan into action to keep this from ever happening again, to save the company, to save the investors, to save the insurance for the employees, to save people's jobs. That's what the leader does. The leader doesn't kick the can down the road and just don't give anybody answers and say, we got it, when clearly we don't. So that's yeah. why with, with Garland, he's a great man with voted Georgia and the women of um Putting America, women for first, for America first. They put this together, and I was I signed it. I'm the only candidate to sign it, and I hope my other colleagues would do it too. But I know a lot of people are scared. But we need to put that fear down and pick that faith up and, and stand on the principles of our Lord and stand for the people that we say we want to represent. And the first thing we have to do is hold the leadership accountable. Somebody got to get punished for this, and it starts yeah. at the top. What do you think of uh, what's your opinion on Brian Kemp? I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you think of uh, his leadership? Well, he, Brian Kemp is another person that I know. Okay, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know him like friend, friend, friends, and mm -hmm. but I do. We know each other when we see each other, mm -hmm. and I would say this: the same thing. Mm -hmm. He is the commander in chief of the state of Georgia. Yeah, he is the CEO of the state of Georgia. I'm speaking in security terms. Okay, right, right. You are the commander. And if the commander is not capable or unwilling to, you see these malfeasance things happening, you see all these questions popping up. The fact that, like I said, 45 to 50% of the citizenry do not trust the system. They have no confidence in their vote counting. It is a must that you at least launch an, a GBI investigation and have an audit and follow the trail wherever it goes. Yeah. If nothing comes of it, fine. But if things come of it, then everybody that was involved, whether it's a Democrat, whether it's a Republican, whether it's your friend, whether it's your investors, whatever, everyone involved must be prosecuted 
to the fullest extent of the law because we must have accountability. If there's no accountability, then there would, you can't ever feel safe again because they're just going to keep happening. It's like raising children. Yeah. If you don't discipline the child, spare the rod, spoil the child, and then when the child gets out here doing crazy things and victimizing other people, you mm -hmm. as the father can't come back and say, well, I don't know why they did that. I know exactly why they did that. I didn't do my job as a dad. So let's get down to your district level. Uh, what, what, what do the people in your district want besides accountability at the state level in the elections? Is there anything else you really want your people to, to know that you stand for? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. They, like I said, they want somebody who is willing to speak for their values. Now, mm -hmm. uh, of course, voter integrity is the number one hot button issue. Mm -hmm. But there are other issues that, as well that, unfortunately, you know, some of my colleagues just don't want to touch because they're just mm -hmm. afraid of the media pushback. But I say it like this. If you're going to be the leader, be the leader. And one thing is I'm very, very pro-life. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm pro-life in 1999, my twins, Howard and Hank, were aborted by my ex-girlfriend. And it broke my heart. Mm -hmm. But... To God's credit, and the, and the crazy thing on how God works, many years later, she knew I was preaching around the country that on her own dime, she found me and she said, why did you need to tell you something? I said, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. You killed her kids. She yeah. said, I want to tell you something. Give me five seconds. She said, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry for killing her kids because I destroyed my womb and I can never have any children again. But I see you've raised seven children. And Howard and Hank, the name of the twins, they would have they would have loved this. Please fight for the babies, YG. Please mm -hmm. save them. And at that moment, I I, I became pro-life. I hugged her, I forgave her, and I moved forward with trying to save kids. Um, because that is awful. And what I'm proposing uh while I'm running, I'm writing up the bill now. It's called the Howard and the Hank Bill, and it will give fathers emergency options to save the lives of their unborn children. Because these babies need to be born. It's not the child's fault if the mom is mad at the dad or, or the family is mad at the dad or some issues or some drama or some unfortunate circumstances have happened. We as fathers must take that mantle and since, and since society says we're important and they will take your driver's license away if you don't pay child support, they will throw you in jail if you don't pay child support, and they will wag their finger in your face and say, as a man, you need to step up, then you're absolutely right. As fathers, we are stepping up to save the lives of our children even before they enter the world. So that's, that's that thing. And, and I will tell you, man, that's one of the most important things in the world to me. And also, like I said, the, the voter integrity, but also going back to the family and protecting the authority of parents, because right now in Gwinnett County mm -hmm. and some parts of Passaic County, but especially in Fulton County and DeKalb County, our rights as parents are being stripped from us by the government and school board demanding masks and vaccine mandates to our yeah. kids and to us. And they are telling our children that, hey, your mom and dad don't know better. We know better, and we are going to force them to do what we want for you, and we're also going to throw in some race stuff and tell all these white kids that it's their fault that black kids can't make it and tell black kids that you know something, you will never, ever be anything because of this person right here and because of history. This is garbage 
This is indoctrination. This yeah. is not American. This is not right. And it's not about God. And we need to do better. And I ain't scared to talk about it. So I actually think the silver lining in all this is that uh, once we get rid of this, I call it the disease in the White House, everything else is just a symptom. Um, <laughs> but once we get rid of this regime, I actually think America is going to be more united in many ways than ever before, racially, you know, national security wise, everything. Because I think people, the mask is off of what they've been doing, the kind of poison mm -hmm. they've been pushing to divide people. And, you know, we we're set back decades in racial relations and I, I think that's going to change in a big way. But uh, look, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want? How can people help you, support you, give you money, you know, get on your campaign? How can they do well, that? If you want to support me, go to YG for uh -huh. Congress. You know, two letters, YG for Congress.com. And I want to tell you, you know, the, the great unity of America is already happening. God is yeah. already moving. And even out here in Forsyth County, okay, you got a black man running for Congress out of Forsyth County, when everybody talk about what happened uh, 30 odd years ago in the Oprah special and uh, Hosea Williams came out here, we all yeah, know what people, happened. It was awful. People don't realize Forsyth County, the history there. Most people don't. That's yeah, right. but, but it's moving. God is moving. And I'll yeah. tell you, even across the country, people are seeing, you know, what the Biden administration and the Democrats are doing, especially with the uh, mask and uh, vaccine mandates. People are coming together saying they're not, they're tired of this mm -hmm. and they're getting their faith back regardless of skin color. And America is going to be more powerful than ever because we're uniting and becoming one nation under God. And I want to be that voice to stand for the District 7 in Georgia so we can keep this moving. Just God bless you and God bless everybody, man. God bless America, man. Let's get it. So YGforcongress.com, right? Was that the website? Yes, sir. Yes, right, sir. Man. YGforcongress.com. Thank you, YG, for your time. And we want to have you back on as you progress down the road and, and win this, uh, this seat. Take care. Yes, yes, sir. Let's go get it, Georgia. All right.